Welcome back, everyone. Oh, you're going to kick it off. I like it. Do it. Welcome to another episode of Option 5, where we say yes and, and figure, figure it out. out, which is exactly what we're doing with this new series. But we think we have a good handle on it. So if you're joining us for the first time, Option 5 podcast is a story. It's musings. It's beliefs. It's a philosophy of how we think work is done best. It started off with a few episodes, 10, I believe, 10 to 11, around what is a product team. Our goal was 12. Our goal was 12. Fell a little short. Well, if you include the trailer, I think we're there. Oh, okay, cool. Keep going. So I think, because the trailer was episode zero. zero. So we were talking about product teams and the way we work at Crema. Crema, we are a product studio and we build solutions, provide coaching, consulting, product strategy uh, for clients. Mm. And we do that through cross-discipline teams. We learn well in craft teams and the difference between craft teams and product teams. Product teams are those that you provide your skill to. It's where you exercise your skill. It's where you do your work. It's where you do your work. It's the field of play, so to speak. Usually cross-discipline. Cross-discipline. Relatively small. Craft teams is where you hone your craft. It's where you learn. It's where you try new things. It's where you experiment. It's where you execute discipline so that you can get better. So that was season one. We're not calling it season, but you know, it's kind of nice to think of things in chapters, you know, in our criminal life. Turning Um, the page to chapter two. Then chapter two was where we wanted to interview individuals that are on the front lines working. So these were product managers, designers, other individuals in the tech space that are working within product teams, they're leading product teams, and we wanted to hear what works for them. What works for them as far as um, the processes they use, tips and tricks, what makes their company work well, Mm. um, things that we could learn and glean from them. Turn the page into chapter three, and George and I, over the last several episodes, have been unpacking what what we believe has made us, um, I guess we want to word, use the word successful over the last 10 years. That's where we are. And we, we are looking back and what are the things, what are the practices, what are the beliefs, what are the things around our culture that we feel has, has gotten us here? What's helped and, us to thrive. Right. What's helped us to thrive. And it's what we believe is going to propel us the next 10 years. And it's been interesting to um, just have that milestone or I guess have this moment in our journey to where let's look back what went well, what didn't go well, and what do we want to do better going forward. And we feel like the the pillars or the, what were we calling them? Elements. Elements. Molecules. Yes. The elements that form um, this, this. I never connected the word element to the molecule. I don't know why. Oh, that's, was what, that's why I did say it. It yeah. was obvious, but I was more thinking about the picture. Anywho. We're making molecules. Here. Yes, we're making molecules. And that the, the elements that make up that molecule are postures, disciplines, and structures. And we believe that these elements, when they are combined in a culture of learning and a culture of curiosity, can build a company culture or organizational culture that gets you to the next level. And that's what we're talking about today. Today, we are going to be unpacking a particular posture, one that we employ or utilize or talk about a lot. We talk about a lot. We want it. We look for it when we hire people. We look for it um, when we're coaching. We look for it in one-on-ones. We look for it in our clients. And it's this aspect of humble confidence. Say what? Those are... (laughs) 
What did you just do there? That was fantastic. I wanted oh. to create a, a bridge, a, a like bridge to break to up like, the, like the, the seriousness. Yeah. Humble, yet confident. I, that's gonna, yeah, it's gonna. <laughs> your face is gonna replay in my brain for the rest of this day. How do these terms, these two terms, which seem humble, opposed confident. to one another, but yet opposites attract? Mm. Mm. Humble confidence. So, George. So I'm going to read a couple definitions here from Mr. Merriam-Webster. Actually, I don't think it's one person. I don't even know where Merriam-Webster comes from. But humility means the state of being humble, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. Confidence, a feeling or consciousness of one's power or of reliance on one's circumstances. So on one hand, there's this idea of not being puffed up, not being arrogant. Um, some might say making yourself low, mm-hmm. uh, confidence, this feeling of, or consciousness, you're conscientious about your ability, your, your power, uh, your reliance on yourself. But combining those two together, we feel forms a different posture. And so what is humble confidence, George? And follow-up question that we'll probably go into, I know we'll go into, is the idea of what is it not? Yeah, so I think humble humble confidence is something we've been using for a long time. We heard it through another organization in our life, and um, I think it is definitely this idea of believing in something maybe bigger than ourselves. It's it's this idea of Mm. um, holding things loosely understanding we have so much room to grow Mm -hmm. yet being confident about what we believe what we're capable of doing (coughs) you're still coughing i know i'm sorry it's okay (coughs) um what we're capable of doing having that confidence to actually move something forward Mm. um I think it's also something that we think about not only individualistically, though it is one of the primary traits that we look for when we're hiring, Yep. but it's something that we also love to see the posture of the organization and the teams work this way. And I, I would credit humble confidence as being the, one of the primary drivers for why clients want to continue to work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a situation, I'll, I'll use a story. Um, we love had a, stories. I love stories. I'm story, trying to do better. Story time. Kind of, yeah, story time. George Brooks. That one time. So so we had a situation where we had a client that was working with one of our employees a few years back. And they're a rel- relatively new employee. And um, this client trusted me or knew me. And so he reached out and he said, hey, George, I want to talk to you. Um, I know you guys have said this thing. I don't, I, I think he brought up this idea that he knew that we had this idea of humble confidence. I mean, don't quote me on that. He might not have known that. Anyways, he came back and he said, here's the deal. This guy that you put on the project, um, it's just not working for us. Um, he's not the experience I had with you. That's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the owners, so I have a little bit of extra mm-hmm. influence there. Yep. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, here's the deal. He's, he's cocky and he's wrong. I was like, well, you can't be those two things at the same time. Right. If you're going to be cocky. <laughs> you better be right. That's right. And if you're going to be wrong, you should be humble about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, it really painted a picture for almost the exact opposite of what humble confidence ought to be. 
So this idea that we can be confident, the line that you can cross very quickly in confidence is cocky. Like mm-hmm. uh, there was an organization, um, another agency, um, um, not in Kansas City, and their whole thing was, we're smarter than you, was like their tagline. Right. And I thought, wow, that's just cocky. Right. I hope you're right yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Right. And because if as soon as they're wrong, now they can be called out on their core purpose of right. being smarter than you. Right. Well, you know what? I'm not smarter than I'm not smarter than most of the people in this building, mm-hmm. let alone our clients who've been in their industry way longer than we have. Right. So having that humility to say, I have a lot to learn from you. I want to learn from you. I, I want to grow with you. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident I can bring something to the table. Right. I can help. Yeah, humble confidence is one of those things where I always like I knew one knew it when I saw it. Um, I know how to embody it or the different postures or different ways that individuals on our team do embody it. I can see it in teams, but I would, I would have a hard time like writing it down until the other day. Mm. uh, Someone said something of humble confidence is when you're basically looking outside yourself and you're confident in something that greater than yourself, like you're a part of it. Like you're, you bring value to it. Yeah. But the confidence is in the greater whole that you're a part of maybe the confidence in the purpose. Yeah. The confidence in the purpose or yeah. Being a part of something greater than yourself. And so if you're at work and you're part of a team, um, humble confidence is yes, I, uh, I have a competency. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working hard to grow my skill set. I know I have value and my confidence is what I can do together with my team. That what the team can do, the idea of being better together. Yeah. It's like, we are better to better, better together than any one individual. To me, that gave a little bit more granularity and a little bit more flavor around yeah. what humble competence confidence is. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's, it's just get so emotional about it. I'm choked up. <laughs> I think it. We oftentimes will will um, parallel with the statement with holding things loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're you know we're we're going to grab onto something and say. We believe this is the direction we're to go. And we just, we've made a decision to go this direction because honestly, the lack of decision um, blocks any movement or growth. So we made a decision. We're moving in this way, this direction, but we're going to hold it loosely. Um, now that isn't that we're not confident that the directions may be the right direction to go or that we're going to go that way. It's just, if it has to change, we're okay with that. Or right. we'll be ready for it when it comes. And I think that that posture of homocompetent confidence has just been something that has just been ringing through. And honestly, the team picked up really quickly. Um, everyone here in this organization has that, can tell you that's one of the primary things we look for and one of the primary things that we watch for. Mm-hmm. And I think it can go two ways. So I mentioned the cocky and wrong, but I think the other way it can go wrong on the individual level is that someone is um, self-deprecating. De- yeah. Is that right? Self-degrading? Yeah. Yeah, self de- um, self-deprecating, you know, don't degrade yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, not what humility is. Right. So, right. Humility being too going, go, if you took the spectrum of humility, they take humility and they go all the way out till it's, um, they no longer have a, a, a positive view of themselves. Right. And that's not what we want. Right. That's not at all what we're suggesting. In, in essence, that's another, it's another form of pride because you're putting the focus on yourself. Right. Right, which goes back to what you just said, which is humble confidence really values the perspective of the other. Right. And I yeah. 
I think this is some, this to kind of go, and this ties back to the whole story, right? If we're thinking about cross-discipline teams have the capability to work agile and to really move things forward quickly and produce the best, best solutions in the world. Mm -hmm. I think it's primarily because we've reduced or destroyed silos, Mm -hmm. which would cause a person to just look only inward which then he would either cause them to maybe have a low self view of themselves or say, I'm on an island and I'm the king of this island. So they have an overly high view of themselves. Yep. Instead, they go, you know what? I value the perspective of the rest of the people on this team. And this team is going to value the perspective of our users to gather feedback from them and work in an iterative style and loop and learn to make a great product or experience for our customers. Those are all a humble, confident. I'm confident we can make the best app the best platform for you to do incredible work inside your organization. Or I believe I can make a platform that will help you to connect with people all over the world for great reasons. But I'm humble enough to know, and I don't know exactly what that app will be like until we test it with you. And I'm confident in the team Yeah, behind, behind we can, us. We can build yeah. that tech. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be in the room to help build it. Yeah, it's like um, someone asks you a question, you're like, you know what? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. And knowing that you'll be able to figure it out because if you get in the room with the right people, the right solution will present itself. Not that you'll figure it out because on your own accord, because you're smart enough and so awesome, though you may be fairly competent. Right. But the idea that you'll figure it out knowing because you have a wonderful team with you, Mm. humble confidence. And I think what that also leads to is the discipline of kind of this master apprenticeship relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you're focusing on saying, I want to become better at my craft, it really requires you to seek the input of another person, not only for perspective, but also for growth and learning. So that might, we have an apprenticeship program here at CRIMA, and it's so cool to see when that, when that apprentice steps in, if they have the right posture of humble confidence they aren't going to be like, well, I don't know how to do this. I just want you to teach me. It's like, no, I I think I can actually start writing some code and then that, or whatever the apprenticeship mm-hmm. is for. And I'm going to sit next to someone who can help me to get even better right. so that maybe one day I can be the master training somebody else, or I can be the, the practitioner that's really good at this. That's passing along my knowledge, mm-hmm. which goes back to our kind of workflow. Right. Um, yep. So how does this or what would be signs of humble confidence within your team? How does it play out in the workplace? Hmm. I think, yeah. I was going to say, and I think it starts out in the interviews. Yeah. I mean, it has to start early. Yeah. So the biggest mistakes we've ever made in hiring is because we found out the person wasn't humbly confident later. Right. So a lot of times uh, candidates will ask George and I in interviews, what do we look for in a candidate? And for the most part, George and I have the same kind of top three, top four things. Hmm. And one of the things is we don't necessarily say humble confidence, but what we say is we'll use, are you teachable? Are you coachable? Yeah. Basically, are you open to learning? Yep. And And, unlearning. And unlearning. Are you open to asking good questions? Are you open to, and we'll ask questions like, how would you handle this situation? And we're kind of looking for someone who's saying like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Right. Option five. I'm not for sure the answer, but can I get back to you? Right. Those are things that we're learning and listening for to understand if this person is humbly uh humbly confident humble and confident humbly confident yeah i'll go with it yeah um so are they are they teachable are they coachable are they willing to accept feedback do they get defensive Mm. are they are they able to um admit when they're wrong 
those are the sort of things that we ask for and we structure our interview questions because we want to know right from the get-go mm-hmm. is this person going to come with a certain level we know you're competent we can tell by different tests and yeah. your experience that you're probably pretty competent in what you're doing yeah but we really are going after are, are you humble right are you teachable there i think the western society in general has a a high value on people that have a high confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about your key CEOs and leaders, they tend, you tend to think of them. Although I think if you spent a lot of time with those key, key leaders and CEOs, that may not always be true. There are certain ones that are, but, um, you think of them as being confident. Like they, they just have surety about everything they say and do. Right. Um, and man, as a society and even some of the traditions that I grew up in, that was so attractive because it made things black and white. It made things sure and or true and false. Like there was no space between. It was either you, you had, I'll just say, you either had true doctrine, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or you were cast out and you were not part of, you were not actually living in whatever you believe. Yeah. I'm just going to keep whatever, it that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that was. That's yep. the parallel. Yep. Um, but I think that instead saying, you know what, there is so much space between that. There's so much space to see the certain circumstances or the context of the moment or the perspective that we just can't see. I don't know what's going on in that person's personal life, you know, and why they might be acting the way they are. And maybe I'm going to respond to their posture, which might be negative or controlling or whatever that is with a, a equal and opposite reaction of I'm going to push against you just as hard rather than saying, man, I want to, I want to have some empathy here. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's another word that goes with humble confidence, oh, without having question. a strong sense of empathy. Yep. We had a client years ago that was, was really, um, was really, I was in a tough place. It was, it was hard to work with this person and, um, we couldn't figure out why we weren't clicking. Um, and we could just couldn't put our finger and I was like, maybe it's just the person. Well, after a period of time, I um, ran into this person outside of work and we weren't working with him anymore. The relationship had fallen apart, which happens. It's Mm -hmm. business. And come to find out that person was going through some massive family changes um, during the time while they were working with us. Mm -hmm. Now, had I had that perspective, I might have had a much different posture. Another layer of the onion peels back. Right. And so that I think that if I, and I've been humble enough to say, can we, can we sit down and talk about what's going on? Like, why are, why is this the posture that we have towards each other? We don't need to be working this way. We could, we could do great work together. What, what's keeping us from that? Right. I think at the moment we, we were stressed because we needed to pay the bills for the company. This person was stressed because they were going through something personally in their life. Right. And we, we weren't able to have a humble confidence about how we might be able to work great together. Yep. And hindsight, I go, Oh, that's too bad. Right. We didn't have mm-hmm. that perspective. Um, I think so a Western, Western society definitely values that, that kind of high confidence, uh, not, not always so, but traditionally more of an Eastern worldview would have, um, more of a tribal mindset. Mm-hmm. So what's best for the group. Yep. Um, and so they want to have some humility and respect is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes to a fault, right? So you, there's a respectful hierarchy of, you know, class systems and things like that. But instead, where do we value the perspective of the master apprentice where do we value mm-hmm. the perspective of someone who actually has eldership to us and has mm-hmm. been through some stuff and has something to share yep. um i think that's interesting especially given where we live and where we are 
yeah. how, to, how to shift our minds a little bit to maybe not the black and white, but holding things loosely and going, I can't see all the perspectives of what's in play here. Yep. I have a lot to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So if we were hired to go in and assess a team on, is my team, do they exhibit, do they portray humble confidence? Mm. Um, what would be a list of things? And they, these may not be the, the exact things, but what were, if we were to just fire off some things we would look for Mm -hmm. questions we might ask, what do you think those might be? I think maybe I'd flip it around and say, I'd be looking to see if they're asking questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was going to be the first one I said too. Yeah. Well, I said it before. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. The, the, the people that I've met that I've been like, wow, like I kind of want to be like you, like you, you know, the people that are like, man, I hope when I'm at this phase of life or this stage of life or at your age, like I hope, like I would hope that what's true of you right now would be true Mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. They ask really good questions Mm -hmm. and they're actually genuine about it. Mm -hmm. They, uh, the questions are are caring. And even when, when when they're asked in a, almost like you're giving a critique or giving feedback, they ask in a a disarming way Uh that shows a level of humility because you're showing a level of care. Yeah of you want to be um direct yep but you also want to be loving in your tone and in your body language and you also want to communicate i care for you Mm -hmm. i would look for those things in in the team i think even you talked about body language i think uh, little little things just like the how that person interacts in the space Mm -hmm. how they might come up now different people are going to have different um postures that they're normal with or, or that they're comfortable with so, you know, maybe somebody's not as extroverted or introverted or whatever term you want to use there. Um, maybe people have a bubble. That's fine. Right. But that ability to maybe make eye contact, mm-hmm. that ability to kind of lean into a conversation and really seek out, how are you doing? Maybe in asking, you know, you seem, yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on over there? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we had someone come into the, um, office recently and talk about this idea of being, um, nice versus kind, right? I think it's a person that's kind. It's a person that's saying, you know what, I'm going to lean into a really hard conversation with you because I really care. And I think those are the kind of, these are the postures and the things that I think I would, I would look for or be kind of trying mm-hmm. to pick up on. Um, also if they are, for lack of better words, always looking to blame someone else, mm-hmm. it tends to be when you passing blame, you've lost the ability to be humble enough to say, you know what? own that need to get better at it. I'll work on improving next time. Yep. And that, um, that passing of the buck that, oh, that drives me crazy. Yeah. And I do it. I know I do it too sometimes, mm. but passing the blame. And, and then I think that leads to then people needing to be micromanaged Yep. because it's like, well, I can't trust what that they're going to do anything. And so you just, you start to see not only the person, but just the environment is set right. up that way. Yep. Um, I think we would also look at team makeup. Are they, do they have people yeah. with different roles? Yeah. Right. Um, is it a meeting full of business analysts or designers or developers, yep. or is there a mix of everyone? So yeah. we would look for, are they asking for, you know what, this is how I've worked my mind around this problem, but there, but then they fill that in with, I don't know if I'm seeing this clearly mm-hmm. or I'm, I've been staring at this too closely. What do you guys think? Yeah. Or we listen for things like, poke holes in this. Uh-huh. I'm really confident here, but I know I don't know everything. Poke holes in this. Yeah. Where are my, where are my blind spots? Inviting in critique in that way. Um, 
for me is a key, um, a key sign that a team is operating in a confident that they can accomplish a lot, but they're also humble. Yeah. Now we're leaders Mm -hmm. in our organization. What do you think it looks like for a leader specifically Mm. to be humble and confident? That's a really good question. So there's this concept. I did not create it, but I love it. It's uh, Jim Collins talks about it a lot. It's called a level five leader. Um, He mentions a lot of different attributes of that. But the one that stuck to me is like, you can recognize a level five leader when you walk into a room or they don't insist you may not even know that they're a leader, basically. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of these, like really, you know, Fortune 50, Fortune, a lot of times you may not know who the key leaders are. Yeah. They, he's big into saying that level five leaders, those that are humble, when things are going well, you, you don't know they're there right. because they're putting other people first. Right. They're giving other people credit. Mm-hmm. When things are going wrong, that's when you see their name by. Interesting. What's going wrong? They put themselves in front. They protect the team. They take ownership. They take yeah. accountability. And so there's this. I just go run and hide. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> run for the hills. It was it's all a, them. It's, it's all their fault. <laughs> um, it's it's almost like there's this quiet sense of um, sense of self. I think level five leaders have a quiet sense of self. They understand their strengths. They're mm-hmm. very self aware. They know who they are, what they're good at, what they're not good at, and their security there. Yeah. It's like the recognition, it comes, but not because they're forcing it. Yeah. It's not that they're asking for it. It comes because they are leading so well um, that people are willing to follow. And I think one of our mentors has said before that if you want to lead well, you have to follow well. Because mm. following puts you in in this mode of like, I'm, I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to observe you. Things that I see that I want to be like, I'm going to emulate. I'm going to mimic. Those are all things that basically say, I don't have it figured out and I want to learn from you. I'm the apprentice. You're the master. Mm -hmm. And so level five leaders, I think consistently, even though they may be at the top, they understand that they're still following someone. Right. A CEO still has a board to report to. Mm -hmm. They're reporting to the chairman. Yep. The chairman has to report to, at some point, investors. the investors. <laughs> yeah, right. We're all accountable to someone. And so I think a level five leader, no matter what level they're at, they realize that they're in a continual um, posture, if you will, yeah. of humble confidence, which is like, I, I'm still following someone and I need to learn how to follow well. And I think uh, most of the leaders that I know that do that well, they remove themselves being the bottleneck to their to their leadership. Absolutely. So they don't feel like every decision has to be approved through them. Right. Um, because they know that just that can't scale. We've talked about that between you and I. We know that yep. if Crema is going to survive and grow and scale and flourish and thrive, lots of good words there. Mm. Um, that we cannot be the bottleneck of the organization. And th- there are seasons when we are, and there are seasons that we're not. Um, there's seasons that we like, maybe things aren't going as well. So we might have to step back in and kind of help or do X, Y, and Z. Um, I mean, transparently, we're kind of coming out of a season right now where maybe you and I committed to a little bit too much. Right. right? And we can recognize that we can name it and go, hopefully we're humbly confident or holding things loosely enough to go, you know, it's some of those things I can let go of yep. some of those things we don't have to do right now. Yep. And, um, that way I'm not the bottleneck to that work being good, getting done or, I can empower someone else to do that. Yep. Not force them to do it, but to say, you can make this decision on your own. I don't, I don't, you doesn't, you don't need to run it by me. Right. Um, it, 
and especially things that it's like that really, you know, you've got this, right. I, I believe in you. I'm confident in you. Um, empowering other people yeah. is a really, I think really key piece that I think you're right. I think you're spot on. I think empowering people. I think we see when we look for leaders that are humble, um, that are also confident, they have a relentless pursuit of making those that they are leading yeah. better. Yeah. They are constantly asking, what do you need from me? Yep. How can I support you more? What resources do you need? And even asking questions like, where have I failed you? Mm-hmm. What You're good you, at asking What, what yeah. do you need me? What do you need from me that I'm not giving you? How can I change? There's this level of just true, like, I want to serve you. I mean, servant leadership, it's kind of cliche, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm a big believer it's in it. It's real. Yeah, it's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Well, and it creates a learning loop, right? Absolutely. So we go back to where, where are our learning loops? It creates, a, if a, I think a humbly confident leader is paying attention. Mm-hmm. So go back to our our, yeah. our loops. They're paying attention. They're collecting ideas from their team and from maybe their peers in the industry or from their mentors, et cetera. They're then making decisions that hopefully is empowering other people to do great work. They're running experiments across the organization to say, you know what, we can we can work better, we can do better. How, how might we be better? Mm-hmm. And then they're iterating on that to refine their organization, their own leadership style, their own teams. And then they're willing to say, you know what, guys, I want to, I want to share with you what I know. Yeah. I'm, I want to, I want to teach that again, those are the learning loops. And I think you create those rhythms and those disciplines of listening, asking lots of really good questions, leaning into saying, Oh, interesting. I hadn't considered that. Yep. It's not my idea. Crazy thing. You know, I didn't have to come up with all the yep. brilliant ideas. Um, I think the yeah. last thing, gosh, and it's not the last thing. There's I can so think much so more on this. this is I a, love the idea of, um, I think it, it goes under level five leader also goes, goes with multipliers. It yep. goes with some other things that we're talking about is that leaders are, if they have ambition, it's for the greater purpose. Mm-hmm. They are hook, line and sinker bought into the purpose of the organization, whatever that is. Yep. They will fight for it. They're not fighting for themselves. They're fighting for the cause, whatever yeah. that may be. Yeah. Um, and they are just relentless at making sure that those around them are getting better so that we can get to our intended vision, whatever we're marching towards. Yeah. I don't want you to get better so that I can flourish more. Right. Like this is not, right. so, it's, it's not, not a, so I can buy a self-centered. Yeah. It's not really, <laughs> you are not here so that I can buy whatever uh, this is. Whatever on, that boat is on the background. Yeah. Which if you're not watching us on YouTube, you should check it out. It's that's beautiful. Right. I think that's Venice. Anywho, and there's a gondolier there as well. Yeah. Um, no, I am building you up so that we can, we can accomplish our mission together. Yeah. I think that's what you look for. Um, when you look for leaders that are humble and confident. So it maybe you're a leader. I hope that you can hear this, take this to heart and go, how can you challenge yourself to create new disciplines, new postures, and maybe start to think about changing the structures that you have influence over to create an environment that fosters humble confidence, to maybe create a space that you individually will be more humbly confident. Um, if you're not a leader, I want to encourage you that this this is also an incredible way for you to grow. Mm-hmm. So when you think about being humbly confident, you're going to say, I'm humble enough to know that I want, I'm hungry to learn more and I'm confident to know that I can learn more. Right. Right. And so that, those two things in tension, they're great litmus test to kind of check yourself. Yep. Because you can go, am I being confident or am I being cocky right now? Yep. Am I being humble or am I being self-deprecating right now? Right. And 
how can I lean in to go, I'm going to be a little uncomfortable for a little while, but I'm going to hold this loosely because we have a lot to learn and we, we have the potential to do some great things right now. Right. That, oh, mm, yeah. It's get awesome. so excited. Um, so you're going to hear that those those two terms. Why the reason we wanted to talk about humble confidence right now? We've finished up talking about our uh, po- uh, postures, disciplines, and structures. We've talked about our learning loops, but we're realizing that one of the primary drivers for the success here at Crema is this attitude. This posture infiltrates almost everything else we do here at Crema. Um, we had a meeting recently, and then we can close up. I know I, I've got I've got 15 more stories that we can talk about on this, but we don't have time. But I do have, we had a meeting the other day and something came up within the organization that um, the team was saying, I didn't, I don't think it should be that way. Um, and Or they didn't want to do something a certain way. And they said, that's not actually aligned with our values. And um, one of our member, leadership members said, that's exactly who Crema is. And the point was what they didn't want is they didn't want change. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the values. Actually, the value, if they looked at it, would have been we can humbly accept that doing something at a particular time every day is a gift of generosity, which is by our, one of our values, mm-hmm. to um, to our clients or to our teammates. But the true criminess of it was the willingness to make that change, the willingness to say, I've I've been holding loosely the way that I work today and I'm really comfortable working that way every day. But we're going to adapt and change to better serve our clients, to better serve our peers and to be really generous with our time and our talents. That is crema. That is crema. And that's what he said. He goes, that is crema. That's exactly what we do. Right. And I loved that because that's, that's, I hope people can pick that up and say, I want to do that. I want to do work like that at my organization or on my team. Otherwise, the Kool-Aid we're making is not working. I mean, we're mixing it really thick. I mean, <laughs> several glasses a day, people. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, man, I enjoy these conversations, Dan. This get- was one of my favorites. I agree. This and imposter. I mean, this is a, a pretty core posture for us. And laughing and smiling you is what laughing I, I and do. Smiling. It's so fun. <laughs> I like clapping. Makes you feel better. <laughs> My daughter is the best clapper in the world. She is the loudest, most clear sounding clap. It's ear piercing. It's incredible. I love that. Well, yeah, you love it until you're in the car with it. And then she's like, stop, stop oh. it. I know you There's like There's a song. lot of things that I love that shouldn't happen in the car. <laughs> like uh, boisterous laughter. Yeah. Um, really you know, noise really of any kind. Really loud singing. Um, it's like, oh, oh, inside voice, please. Inside voice. Yeah. Be quiet. Daddy's thinking. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm in my own space up here. Um, thank you guys again for listening to another episode here of Option 5. We um, are just having a blast making these episodes, and we really love hearing from you. Um, I hope this has been useful for you and your teams. I don't want you to just sit here and listen and only consume. I want you to contribute to our conversation. So send us an email option five at crema.us if you haven't already subscribe to this podcast on your podcast platform of choice but even if you don't use it will you please go over to itunes and leave us an, a five-star review mm. it uh, it's really how the world gets to know that we exist and if you haven't already we moved all of our episodes of the new season new chapter if we want to call if it if you that. will 
um, of Option 5 on YouTube, we've moved those over to its own channel. So look up Option 5 on YouTube. Subscribe there if you're watching us there. Thank you. It's good to see you. Hello. And always check up our, our check out our background. It changes every week. It, there's really no rhyme or reason as to what we pick. We just kind of search the internet. We find a cool picture. It and we runs throw it up. the gamut of life, really. I mean, I hope you guys got to see the goats in the tree. We can throw back to that. Um, the Star, Star Trooper Star Lego Trooper. guy walking away. Stormtrooper. 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 Way off. <laughs> We're not qualified nerds. Um, and, um, as always, please share these episodes out with your bosses, with your peers and, um, yeah, keep learning, be humbly confident, stay classy. Sorry. <laughs> That's probably also copyrighted. Dang it. Scratch it. See you guys next time. My name is Pamela and I'm a product designer at Crema. I architect the visual design and user experience of our products. I mostly work with strategies, developers, and product managers on a daily basis. I enjoy working at Crema because of how intentional we are at everything we do, from our process to the people that come through our doors. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, tech, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at Crema.us.